0: Hi, we're here with Richard Hingley, singer-songwriter, talking about his new album, And Back To Me, which is going to be released in 2005.
1: So can you tell us why you became a musician? (laughs) Great question. Why do we become anything? Um, Why did I become a musician? Well, I think I was surrounded by music as a kid. Uh, My father was a very prominent musician. Um, And I was surrounded by music, and I think that that really so consciously led me into it. Um, I don't think I woke up one day and said, I need to be a musician. I just sort of went, you know, followed it naturally. Um, my father was very good. I mean, he never forced music onto me. Um, what, what sort of music did he play? Um, well, he was really involved in military music, um, a real change from what I'm doing. You know, I was uh, always surrounded by listening to him composing or going to concerts but uh, once I started picking up the guitar and starting playing, I mean, he was always there for advice and uh, you know asked different things. Um, uh, of course, we all go to obligatory piano lessons. Uh, it wasn't for me, just learning scales all the time. But um, again, that has you know, it's all part of the you know the process of uh, you know, becoming you know who I am today with the, with the music.
0: And and how did you sort of learn to do everything? You're doing the music, all the instruments, and the production.
1: I don't quite know how I learned it. I mean, I wasn't taught. I mean, it, it just sort of, I've always been fascinated by learning things. And, um, you know, within, as in we're doing this video interview here, I mean, I decided, well, I need to learn how to do video editing, I will better go and do it. And I just go off and do it. Um, and say with music production, you know, uh, music editing uh, and music writing, it's something that on a, on a need to know basis, when I get to the, the urge I need to go and know about it, I'll just go and learn it. Um, uh, but you're right. I mean, I, I, I'm doing on this project. It's really everything from the website, as you know, to the video editing, uh, the music production, engineering, producing. It's it's really a, a sole effort. Yeah.
0: Why are you choosing to sell the album on the web?
1: Um, it's a really good question. I've thought a lot about that, and um, it really, for me, it it opens up a lot of opportunities as the the world is is. Um, now a smaller place. I can be on a level playing field as a major record company. Um, I might not be as well known as a major record company but the the fact that my website is the same click away as a major record company means that um, I'm on that level playing field. Um, I've got to make sure that the website is attractive for people to go and visit. What the experience they get from it means that they'd, they'd want to stay, look throughout the website and like what they hear and if they decide to buy something then that's great. Do you
0: think that's the, the future for unsigned bands? Is that Are we going to see more of this?
1: Uh, yeah, absolutely. Um, there's actually a, a band that I've really got back in touch with recently myself I used to listen to years ago is uh, Merillion and uh, they're really at the forefront of doing this and um, they in fact have had uh, three top ten singles on download at the moment but it's, it, the thing is they're not actually very well-known because they're not getting reg- regular airplay, but uh, their fan base worldwide is huge. And, you know, that, that is a good benchmark and a good marker for me to sort of, you know, work towards. Uh,
0: so it's taking the, taking the sort of power away from music
1: critics and radio yeah, yeah, DJs. It, yeah, it's, it's, you know, if you like it, great. If you don't, great. You know, it's the fact is that, you know, the, that's the, the, the power is in, the, in, in um, the audience now, rather than being pushed... By a record company. If a major record company comes along and wants to give me a lot of money, <laughs> then of course I'm going to go with it. But uh, um, you know, for an unsigned artist, you know, doing everything myself, then the, the web is a perfect medium for to try and you know to get it out there.
0: What's the best live gig you ever saw?
1: That's an excellent question. I've seen so many bands live. I mean, that was one of my hobbies as a kid. I used to try and get tickets for everything. Um, there's so many. Um, I think probably on reflection, it has to be Live Aid. Um, and it's quite apt that it were nearly 20 years after Live Aid. In fact, um, I was given recently the uh, um, DVD, the box set of uh, Live Aid, which I've watched, and it brought back so many memories. There's so many great bands on there. I mean, Queen were fantastic. Uh, I still don't know quite how Adam Ant got on the bill, but um, he managed to pay someone, I think. Um, Adam, if you're listening, sorry about that. Um, But um, it was a great day. I really felt on that whole day that you you were... Um, involved with something, you know, you know, history in the making, and it proved it was right. Albums.
0: What's the, what's the, the, the best album you think you've, you've ever heard?
1: Again, a um, tricky one. I've got so many CDs, very varied. Um, I think probably best album or favourite album has to be the one I've listened to the most, um, and that probably is Dark Side of the Moon by Pink Floyd. Um, it had a tremendous effect on me, you know, as a kid, and really started my journey in music. Um, I was just fascinated listening to Dave Gilmour's guitar solos and wanting to emanate them and try and practice them. And as a guitarist, you know, he's probably someone I really look up to. I mean, where he's the master of the understated. Where a lot of guitarists would have, you know, you know, more complicated runs or whatever, he would just have a sustained note, which was extremely powerful. It's something that you know I've definitely learnt from. And uh, there's a few of those on, on the album itself, I think. Do you, do you
0: think that, that Pink Floyd's influence, you can, you can hear it in some of the modern bands? I'm particularly thinking of someone like Radiohead, who appear to have, have uh, been influenced by Pink Floyd as well. Yeah,
1: band. absolutely. I think Radiohead are a you know, fantastic band, and they, you know, the, the influence of Pink Floyd is, is definitely in there. Um, I, I, th- I don't think, actually, the, the Radiohead fans probably realise how much um, the bands sound like Pink Floyd, and especially some of the earlier Floyd albums. And I think the um, you know that that I think there's a definite renaissance of that era of of, of music coming back in again, um, and I think a lot of people are going to start revisiting a lot of the early Genesis and Pink Floyd albums uh, because they do have a lot of influence on today's music. Right, your album, you yeah. you do everything on the album. I do, yeah. I um, well, with the help of a computer. I mean, it's not the computer doing it; it's me really putting everything into the computer um, with recording, using it as a Recording device, um, and and all the production and all the um, instruments. You do all that.
0: How, where did you learn to do all that? You um,
1: know, it's interesting. I, I think I first started playing the guitar when I was about ten. One day I woke up and there was a guitar there, and I just started playing. You know, and there's uh, and it went from there. And I, I at an early age, I was um, my brother used to bring albums back. That we used to listen to, um, and then I used to try and copy the. Um, uh, you know what's on what was on the the record. You know, try and learn it, and it, it just went from there. And after leaving school, I was a bit lost of what I wanted to do, and uh, I then decided to um, get into some music. Started working in the studios, actually, as a runner first of all, and then doing some engineering. and And
0: where did that go? What What were you doing? And And what did you sort of learn from that whole stage?
1: Um, well, I really learned all the tools I'm, I'm using now. I mean, I, I initially. Um, as anybody who's been in the recording industry, um, especially in the studios, knows, is that it's, it's, it's really starting off as a runner. And in downtime, I was fascinated by the equipment. I used to get in there and, uh, you know, try and learn everything. And uh, then one day, the, the engineer who was supposed to come didn't turn up, and I was the engineer for the day.
0: What sort of bands were you working with, or what sort of acts?
1: Um, it varied, because I was house engineer to uh, the studio, so it varied of the people coming in. But I've worked with uh, Tapau there's a name from the 80s, The Mission, um, Frank goes to Hollywood um, a few others as well and Dexters Midnight Runners um, so it was a very good learning base and uh, being in the studio it taught me a lot of um, you know, good working practices um, and this really set me up to where I am now being able to then sort of uh, um, use the techniques that I learnt beforehand to, to, you know, to work on my own mu- music.
0: We're now in the era where, I mean, you're publishing the music on the web, you're, the, the computers are doing so much, how many new, new skills did you need to learn? What, how different is it from the when you, you started? Sometimes uh, it's, it's
1: not overly different, I mean, when you go back to the basics, it's still, there's still a microphone and there's a guitar. Um, the technology enables you to make it a lot clearer, um, and being able to edit it more freely than you used to be able to. With tape, you know, you used to be able to then cut with a razor blade. Now it's a non-linear process, you know, a bit like word processing um, for music. Um, so it actually gives the artists a lot more freedom than you would have done before, where you were set into recording studio time. Now you can take a lot longer and be more select- selective. So being on my own and doing, doing this on my own, it gives me a lot more creative choice. What's
0: involved in, in the process of putting a track together?
1: Um, obviously, every track is different, uh, but I, I generally start with the same sort of idea, uh, whether it starts as a, as a lyrical idea or a musical idea. Once I've got something formulated, I then just put up a single microphone and I just then go and play acoustically with the guitar to put the idea um, into the computer digitally, and then go and see if it needs editing to get a format of how I think the song should work, um, and then go and re-record all the, the elements that I want on it um, individually and that's where the computer helps is the fact is that you know you can set up um, uh, automation for me to go and be able to because I'm doing everything on my own is the fact is I can then set up um, you know automatic drop-ins and things like that when I'm recording um, once I have put the whole track together then um, I then leave it for a few days or maybe a couple of weeks and then come back and revisit it and listen to it afresh um, because when you're doing everything on your own, it, it's, it's difficult to have that objective opinion. So once I've r- written the track, put it together, then come back and listen to it and then see if anything that needs to be done before I then go and mix it. And uh, once I've got all the tracks together, I think then I'll put them together in an album format and then listen to the album as a whole. Um, because I'm going to write a few more tracks than probably will appear on on this first album um, and to see you know what the running order should be. I'm not quite sure on that yet. Let's let's for a minute just go through some of the tracks on the
0: album, mm-hmm. um, and if you can just sort of tell us what they're about. If you
1: start with Sunrise, um... Sunrise, it's, it's a good start. Um, Sunrise is um, it, it's a upbeat track that is uh, it, it's one of those songs you know that you want to put put on the radio when you're driving. You know, it's the open road driving track, um, and it's it's a very positive track. A lot of the tracks on the album were written at quite a difficult time in my life and you know, they're, they're very personal and, uh, and this particular track is um, you know, a really about um, you know, a new beginning and, uh, and hopefully people can hear that in the lyrics and, you know, and really go with it. So it's, it's, I like it, it's a good track.
0: What's your favourite track on the album do you think? Have you got
1: one <laughs> have i got one it's it's the one i am writing at the moment it's always the that case i mean you, you the one you you're involved with that at, at the time is the one that you're you know passionate about um I think once the album's finished, I then would have be able to step back a bit and and sort of um take a bit more um you know or have a chance to to, to see which is a favorite. I mean, I have some ones I like on there at the moment. Tomorrow is a is a really good track. I mean, as a single, possibly that might be the first single off the album.
0: What, what what's that about? Tell us about tomorrow. Um,
1: <laughs> so there's not a similar trend going on here. It's actually uh, tomorrow is, is um, dreaming about a better tomorrow. It's that it's it's a, a very, again a very positive track. Um, uh, it's 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 quite poppy. It's quite. Um, uh, it's it's a good track. I like it.
0: Where where do the ideas come from? What what's the in terms of of the way in which you approach writing a song? Tell us about that for a bit.
1: Well, it depends really on the on the track. I mean, ideas come from different directions. I mean, I remember being on a train recently and um, I just looking at a red light and that sparked off a lyrical idea and I, I went with that. And, or. Occasionally, I'll be just relaxing, strumming guitar and a guitar, and a chord sequence will come out, a progression that I then work as a basis. So, in all the tracks I've written on the album, there's no definitive process; that they're all different, um, and and I think that's come out in the in the style as well. Is is that I'm not a lyricist, or I'm not just a musician or a guitarist. I'm I'm, I'm a bit of both. So, um, I'm not trying to create music from lyrical ideas. I'm trying to. You know, to to do them both at the same time. So one doesn't start. You, you don't sit down and say, right, no. I'm going to write a lyric and then a no. song. No, it, it, it depends. You know, the, um, for example, there's a track on the album called "Hiding Away," and that was a real lyrical idea that came, you know, a long time before the music um, happened. with an experience I had over in India. Uh, it was just uh, being shocked in in when I was in Mumbai by the. the the poverty there and it was just something that as a lyrical idea I wrote down more of a poem initially and I thought maybe one day I'll put that to music and then eventually something happened on the guitar and I remembered this and then the two went together What sort of person do you think
0: is going to buy the album?
1: Well um, everybody, (laughs) I hope um, I don't know. It's uh, the target audience I haven't really thought about. I think, again, once the album is finished, um, it might be easier to pigeonhole it. I think um, there's a definite 30-somethings who's going to be more, um, more into it than the younger generation, but maybe I'm wrong. I, I think someone who, is, who likes you know, good music, as in singer-songwriter music, um, maybe like David Gray, Travis-type stuff, um, uh, and has influence or likes influences of Pink Floyd and early, you know, rock bands, then I think I think they'll enjoy it. You're going to play a track for us now. Yeah. Can you tell us the reason for the choice of track? Um, well, with so many tracks on the album, um, well, there's going to be 11 or 12, and in fact I've written a few more than that, um, I wanted to try and do something that was going to be a little bit different that in the format that wouldn't appear on the album, so people can see maybe how I'm going to be performing things live. Um, the track is called Dream On. Uh, it's a classic sort of uh, big uh, rock ballad with a big ending. Um, but I won't be playing it like that. I'll be playing it straight acoustic. Um, it's also going to be with um, a vocal harmony pedal that I can use. Um, so uh, it's, it's an interesting choice. I think people will like it, yeah.
0: Will it give us a flavor of your live act?
1: Yeah, absolutely. Um, the live work is going to be uh, a bit of a blend, really, between playing some backing tracks, uh, because I'm an individual musician, haven't got a band yet, uh, something I might work on, and, um, and then also just playing straight acoustic. Um, I will do just solely acoustic sets um, and mixed sets, but, um, but this track I'll be playing now is, um, uh, as I say, it's slightly different than the how it will appear on the album. Thanks very much, Richard. And
0: we look forward to hearing Dream On, a track from your new album and Back To Me. It's going to be released in 2005.
1: Thank you. Mm.
2: Ooh! Yeah.
3: Altyazı no. that glisten with snow The vapour trails direct you home To the setting sun You left So far